Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Virginia Lemay Visade. I'm not quite sure how I pronounce that, but um, we'll go with Virginia. Uh, she was in a very serious car accident many years ago, and it became a very interesting redirect for her. She wanted to share the experiences and knowledge that she provided to, to people to reinvent the wheel, reinvent themselves and have a better version of themselves more quickly and more easily. She wrote a book called The Revenge on Life. It's a, and she is an international leadership trainer, coach, consultant based out of Luxembourg. And she combines two passions, the lovely helping of people succeed in adventures of leadership and self-assurance. She calls it salsa. I love that. She's basically turned manager into global leaderships or managers into global leaders by improving their communication, international leadership skills, and confidence. And confidence is that big word that if we're not confident in who we are, we're never going to be confident in what we do. Welcome to the show, Virginia. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And all the way and now to, from France. So you're getting around, girl. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> One of the few that are right now. People are having to teleport right now <laughs> to get <Correct>. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Trying times always test our strength, our courage, our tenacity, and our ability to reinvent or redirect. So you had a, a redirect like that through a car accident. How about you share that? Obviously, it must have been a horrific accident to do such a change around. Yes. So uh, it was many years ago. I was living in the Netherlands. And I, was, I went to pick up my mom, who is in no northern France, so that she could spend a few uh, days or weeks with me uh, on holiday in the Netherlands. And on our way back in Belgium, we got stuck in a traffic jam under a tunnel. And we were standing still when a big truck hit us mm. from the back. And so I ended up in the hospital. And there the um, bad news started. They told me I needed to stay in bed for six weeks. Uh, my pelvis was broken. My uh, left arm was broken. And my mom, fortunately, had uh, minor injuries. Yeah. And so um, because uh, obviously all my families and friends were, were in front, I asked to be repatriated over there. And when so five days later, they sent me back to, to France. And there again, the bad news continued. They said uh, they had discovered, uh, discovered another break into my pelvis. And they confirmed that I needed to stay uh, six weeks in bed without being able to, to stand up or even to sit. So mm -hmm. I really had to lay down. They put a traction in my knee. Mm -hmm. And so I stayed six weeks in bed. And, and um, when after the six weeks were over, they came to me and they said, we have a confession to make. Uh, we thought you would become paralyzed. Mm. And so that was a bit of a shock to me, but then I was fortunate they, they put me in a wheelchair and then that's here as well when I 
learned to start to walk again as a baby. And when I did my, my first steps, um, they also told me again that um, I would probably limp uh, and that I would no longer be uh, allowed or able to wear high heels. So to me, that was probably the biggest shock because obviously <laughs> as a woman, you always want to wear a bit of heels. But so I, I restarted to recover. So it took me again another five to six weeks before I was able to walk properly and climb stairs. And then had some physiotherapy. And the reason they, they, they told me at the end, they were so surprised I recovered so well. And they told me, obviously, I had the support of my family and friends throughout mm -hmm. this period because I stayed in total of three months in the hospital. But it's also, they told me, because I stayed positive throughout the, yes. this, uh, this time. Uh, I knew, obviously, it was a, a tough time. But it, to myself, it was, I knew it was just a, a bad period to go through. And that sooner or later I would go back to, to my normal life. So that's what I did. It took me a total of nine months mm -hmm. before I was um, able to go back to work and, and let's say do more or less normal things. And obviously it took me a few years to get back into shape because you still have pain in your legs, in yes. your back, etc. And so a few years after I was looking for, for, um, for a sport to, to bring me back to shape, let's say, and then I found these salsa lessons <laughs> and I thought, oh, I love, like to dance, uh, maybe I should try that. And I went to the first lesson and I was sold straight away. Mm -hmm. And since then, I took some lessons. Uh, went to dance and the more I was dancing, the more I was improving and the more I was improving, the, the more I was invited to dance. And before I knew it, I was one of the great dancers in Amsterdam and I was dancing salsa in my high heels. <laughs> and that is my revenge on life. The, the title Don't tell me I can't, right? <laughs> exactly. And so salsa saved me because uh, the, the best part of that is that the, the pain that I had in my legs and in the back were completely gone. And since then, I've continued um, dancing. Uh, well, until recently, to the last few months, but I was dancing right. uh, pretty much every day, every week. And I continued traveling again, taking my salsa shoes everywhere I could, <laughs> not to miss an opportunity. And so that's how I uh, I really had a, another look on life, mm. and that really brought me another perspective that. Uh, uh, our health is precious and we often take it for granted, but it's when something like that uh, happens that you realize, okay, material things are nothing. We have nothing if we are not healthy. There is always something that is, you know, it taps us on the shoulders. It gives us a nudge and sometimes whackaroo, you know, have I got your attention? Um, I've had a few of those because it must be thicker to, to change, but um, i broke my ankle in three places so I've got plates and screws in there and I used to wear heels and then no more heels <laughs> so down to the flats now and again a little pump and that's it but the fact that you you know it's I love the fact that they didn't tell you until afterwards you know you know um my dad was told he was he had four months to live and that four months he went and did everything he shouldn't do but he still lived four years had they said to him you've got many years ahead of you if you change your lifestyle, right? So I think very often people get sicker or even die from the diagnosis. Absolutely. And I think if it, it's, be, you know, being told after, well, we didn't think you would walk again. We didn't think this, we didn't think that. And you're there, well, why not? Exactly. Right? So yeah. there isn't that preconceived idea, well, I'm going to be paralyzed, you know, yeah. and that's, that's good. 
correct. No, they told me as well. They said uh, they hesitated to tell me and they said the reason we didn't tell you is because you were always positive and we were afraid that you would start to, to get depressed if we would tell you. Exactly. And when they told me, I, I had mixed feelings. I, on one hand, I was relieved and I was so grateful that, yes, I would walk again. But on the other hand, I was a bit annoyed because I thought, yeah, well, it's my body. You should have told me, right? But, <laughs> but as you said, yeah. if they had told me, maybe I would have thought, oh, my God. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm Gone down the doomsday road, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, again, it happened what happened. I'm grateful for the whole experience. But, yes, indeed, it's, it's a lot of what you have in, in mind. And, Precisely. And, and, and they probably did the right thing, I think. Um, yes, yeah, I think so, most certainly. Um, I think they have to be very careful, you know, because – we know that the body is healed very much by the spirit, the heart, and oh, yes. the mind. And if the mind is given up, you know, the heart can't get through. And if the heart is in despair, then the mind isn't getting any information and the spirit is broken. So the more you keep a person's spirit up and that the possibility, well, we don't know what you're going to do. You've got to have to show us, you know, the challenge is on, you know, to push yourself, to believe you can. I wish we saw more of that than Absolutely. what we do see, you know, which is sometimes a lot of doomsday. And I think that um, never underestimate the power of the mind and heart and spirit in sync. Oh, yes. Yeah, I oh, know. And that is at that time that I realized that the mind was stronger than the body. And that's exactly it. If you set your mind to something, even if people say it's impossible, you're not going to be able to do this or that. If you set your mind to it, it is going to happen sooner or later. Maybe not as quickly as you would like, but it will happen. And that's, that was for me the biggest lesson is the mind is stronger than the body. Yes. Yes, it is. It, it is what conducts the body. You know, what, when we're looking at dis-ease of the mind, this is where we get disease of the body. Yes. Right. And because the reason why no flow. Our blood, our oxygen in our body needs to flow. Our minds need to flow. The moment we get stagnant in a, a state of mind, in a state of fear, in a state of doomsday, we are now stopping that chi, that energy from running through our body. And the fact that you took up salsa, and salsa is all about the movement, it kept the flow of your body going. And so it was reaching every area of your body and your body's going, I love this. This is food. And the spirit's going, oh, I love doing this kind of exercise. And everything got lifted up. And so we need to find what it is that's going to help us, you know, get the body in, back into flow. And then when the body's flowing, the mind is flowing. When the mind is flowing, the body is flowing. It's a succinctness. Very true. Yep. A great way to do it, salsa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I never, I, it was never, um, I never thought of that. It was just to, yeah, to, to, to be fit again, to do some yeah. sports, because I always did sports in my life. But it was a complete, it was, and I say salsa is still to this day, it's my stress relief, my mental and physical yeah. stress relief. It's exactly like you say. Yeah. Constantly keeps you moving, everything in your body. But it's also joy. And people don't realize that. Um, how many people are going through life without the word joy in their hearts or in their minds? Mm. You know, it's drudgery. It's, oh, well, I've got to do it. Or is this all there is to life? Because they don't know how to see the joy in the simplest things. Yes. Right? Correct. And, you know, the simplicity of dancing and salsa, not only good for your body, mind, and your spirit, but the joy you got from it now opens your mind to what other things to be joyful about. Exactly. No, pretty agree. 
And if we don't have joy in what we do, if we don't like who we are, if we're disgruntled where we are in life, there is absolutely no progress or creativity in anything exactly. in our lives. Yeah. So we've got to go in, you know, that nine months for you was, was like giving birth to yourself again, that nine month of gestation of going through yourself. And the only person you had while you're flat on your back is you. Yes, you had, exactly. but your thoughts and your conversation inside your head. Exactly. And that's why I always say with my leadership uh, uh, training or coaching, leadership starts with yourself. And yes, yes, exactly yes. As you say, you have to be the, I always say you have to be the leader you want to follow and you have to yes. lead by example and to take care of yourself and to take care of your body and your mind and be strong so that after you can help others. And that's why to me, this all links together. And that's why I found this acronym of SASA succeed in the mm. adventures of leadership in self-assurance because it's an adventure. We don't know what's yes, happening to right? us, but it starts with ourselves, with the leadership of ourselves, being confident, as you said at the beginning, and really showing the example and, and trying to emphasize and, and, and really, as you say, aligning the, mm. the mind, the body, and the soul. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And where does confidence come from? It's not knowledge-based. You know, one of the problems is, is a lot of people think that from here up, the head up, the chin up is where it all is. We have the hard drive, which is the hard wiring to manage the body. And we have the programming. And you're only as good as your programming. And if your programming has switched off your heart, soul, and spirit, and you're not getting any joy out of life, and you don't feel confident, and nothing is pleasing you, it's because there's a disconnect back into the flow, back into igniting the whole body and the whole system into play. But that's very often because we put so much emphasis on knowledge that we don't tap into the other aspects of wisdom. The wisdom to know what knowledge is needed in the now. And it's great that we have this knowledge, but we don't know what to do with it until we interact with the heart, soul, and spirit. Yeah, and wisdom, you gain it via experience. Yes. Via making mistakes, via yes. learning from other people, observing, and there's so many ways. Yes, correct. Engaging in life. Yes. You know, how many people are saying, well, I don't want to do that. It hurt me once. So I don't want to do it again. Well, you know that... Everything in life sometimes, I'm sure you didn't get up and, and on the dance floor of salsa and all of a sudden you're on the ballroom willing walls, you know, it, it was, you found out you liked it. I bet your body hurt afterwards for a few days, but you knew you got the bug and the more and more you did it, the better and better you became with it. So we've got to look at that in every aspect of life. We're not going to get it straight off. No. It's not going to kind of click with us or come that easily, but the more you do it, the more you immerse yourself into it the easier it gets. Exactly. exactly. Well, it's like, I always take the example of, of little children. When they start to walk, they stand up and they fall. And then they try again. They stand up and they fall. And they, again and again and again. And it's the same with salsa dancing. If you want, or if you want to play an instrument or learn yes. a new language, you have to practice and repeat and make mistakes so that you learn and you learn and you learn. There is no secret. Nobody is born just on day one and... Yeah. <laughs> 10 languages and play the piano and can then salsa like that. No, we all have to go through this learning. Well, you know, the chip that they're inventing and putting in people may be able to do that in the future. Mm, but right yeah. now, no. <laughs> exactly. And you ain't chipping me. <laughs> Not me neither. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, people have kind of abstained from their own living, almost waiting for a chip. You know, they're, all, they're kind of waiting for this downloadable app or this chip that will kind of, 
automatically do it for them because I feel a lot of people, a lot of people in society have kind of already given up and, you know, they're just, well, you know, I can't be, a leader. Yeah. you know, I can't yeah. be a leader. And it's the moment you start with the language I can't, right? Okay. Then you've told yourself you can't, but yeah. it, it, the language then becomes, you know, I don't know if I can, but I'm going to give it a try. Exactly. Yeah. And I, so you call it the chip. I call it the magic pill. People often mm. want like they, they want something. Yes. Give me a pill. And then up oh, my problems are solved. I'm going to lose 10 kilos. I'm going <laughs> to be able to dance. I'm going to be able to speak uh, whatever language they want the magic pill. They don't want to, 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 to put the effort. And, and as you said, uh, I love it so well, the, the connection between mind, body and soul, you need mm. to be aligned. You need to Put the effort because nothing comes to us no. just, just like that it would be too easy and even and if it was really like that i wonder if we would have a pleasure because like we would not have any challenges so right right uh, exactly so there's actually um, i've just watched a russian show called they're not like us and um it's kind of quite cute but basically it's about kind of robots and uh, they've they've created this robot that's very humanized and and kind of can evolve and uh, but she uh, she kills people who threaten her thou supposed family, but there was a comment made in in this, and this it's been a comment that I've heard in Westworld and of various other uh, movies that they've brought in art AI in, is that when the artificial intelligence becomes more than the human, in other words, they can do more, they can be more, they have all those languages, ba 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 ba, they've got it all there like Matrix, you know, just download it. Um, they they the comment was made is now humans want to be like us but the ai wants to be like the human because the ai cannot feel like we can yeah. cannot touch like we can cannot feel the butterflies in when something excites you cannot yeah. even feel the despair when something saddens you yeah. cannot feel the touch of another human being in the same way you know that we have something extraordinary in our physicality here in our in our human spirit that no matter ai will ever ever have however much it evolves and why are we always trying to be like something else instead of immersing ourselves into our own beautiful selves yeah yeah no it's yeah, i fully agree with you as well uh, so i think as well our society we are being brainwashed everywhere to, to fit a certain profile, to yeah. look a certain way, to, to have this perfect whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not like that. As you say, we, we need to have all these, these, these feelings, these, these, these emotions. Mm -hmm. and, and we are all unique. I wish people would stop trying to copy a celebrity or, or whatever because we all have something to offer and we all have something to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm thinking, why do you want to look like X or Y, you're just being you, just take, you are good at something, even if you don't know it, but look at all the things you're doing and, and feel, and, and it's good, as you say, we, even if we are in, in, a, in a challenging period, like my accident or, yeah. or whoever is going through a challenging time, in a way, it's good. We are trying. We are going mm. through these times because after we appreciate things even yes. more. We have a different perspective. If everything was pink and perfect, mm -hmm. as I said, we would. We take it for granted. Exactly. And you know, yes. right now with the whole COVID thing in the world, when has there in the time of history, you know, maybe except for the Ice Age, 
where everybody on the planet has gone through the same thing at the same time. Right. And what has it done? It's isolated us. And, you know, uh, and a lot of people are moaning and groaning about that. And yes, I know it's very challenging for some, uh, mental aspects, financial, whatever. But also look at the gift of it. It's a gift of time to reflect, to review, to renew. It's a time to change your perspective to who really is important in the world without the garbage truck, without the grocery stores, without the nurses, yeah. without all the people that are keeping us going and all yeah. the innovators that have stepped up to reinvent themselves, where would we be? And I think this, as you said, the comparison, I think is, is such a detriment to us. I've been called a couple of times, oh, you're like Oprah. And I said, no, Oprah's like Oprah. I'm like Sarah. But we may have some similar philosophies. Yes. Right? Correct. But I'm not trying to be Oprah. I'm Sarah. Take me or leave me. This is me. You know, exactly. and that, that is it. And it's also that thing of trying to be for everybody. You want everyone to like you. You want to be enough for everyone. Well, not everybody eats exactly the same food. You are your own dish. And those that enjoy that dish will partake from that dish. Yeah. Very true. Very true. But it does require work. It does. Nothing is easy. No. Nothing is easy. You don't value it if it does. Exactly. To to your point, when you were saying with this COVID period, I think and I'm hoping that people realize that the two most important things, and we've seen it with the lockdown everywhere, is back again to what I was saying, the health. Mm -hmm. If we are not healthy, we have nothing else. And our freedom, that's the Mm -hmm. freedom to move freely. We all took it from granted, apart maybe a few countries that are still very limited. But all of us, we usually can travel everywhere in the world. We can just go outside, do do the grocery shopping. And for me here, even being in France, visiting my mom, before this happened, I could just step into my car and just drive to France. And that was it. And now you think, Oh my God, this was the freedom I took yes. for granted. Yes. And, and so that puts things so much into perspective, this type of situation. So I'm really hoping people are now going to be less materialistic and focus mm. more on their health, their family, their friends, and really looking at what is really important in the end. Yes. Authenticity and gratitude. Yes. Right? Be yourself. The best version of you can be of yourself. Always willing to learn. Never sit on your laurels. There's always more we can learn. The more we learn, the more we're engaged. And the more we're participating in life and the more life means something to us. And when we are in gratitude and not what we don't have, but what we do have, we realize we're enriched and already abundant. Absolutely. And I always say the more we, at least to me, the more I learn, the more I realize I know nothing. So <laughs> yeah. many things to know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I used to kind of think, I, I remember as an 11 year old sitting on my bed thinking, well, do I know it all? What more is there to learn? Boy, <laughs> what was a wake up call. But in my 11 year old limited mind, exactly. you know, I couldn't conceive how much more there was to learn. But when you step into a wondrous, adventurous, inquiring way of living, then that more to learn isn't like, oh, God, I've got to learn more. It's like, what more is there out there? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's really um, the attitude of a leader. You know, a, a leader is always seeking, you know, what more is out there? How else can we do it? What heights can we go for? And it's not about you know, the fiscal, you know, how much money can we make this month or this year? 
it's about how much more can we serve because in every business out there it's always got service in it and so how can we better serve the people working for us and the people we're supplying and it's always about being able to see the opportunities the creativity the beauty of a manager is being able to take those beautiful ideas and manage them into a and construct that now is applicable. So teamwork, we need all of those heads in there to be able to know what to do with the inspiration, the possibilities, and then how to implement it, apply it so that it works for everyone. So the, the work that you're doing, you know, taking managers into leaders, um, and sometimes it may be just a manager who's exceptionally good at as a manager, but understanding the leader's process. Exactly. So they know how to take that managerial from the leadership. So it's not always about just becoming the leader. You're leading as a manager. Yes, correct, correct. And to your point, exactly. I always say leaders are curious. And yes. they also, they ask questions mm. and they listen. And it's very important nowadays, especially we're now living in a global world. So you now have to deal with people in, that are from different countries, different cultures, who maybe not have uh, English as a native yeah. language. And so you just don't know what you don't know. And right. as you said, by having a team of people, mm -hmm. they can bring you perspective or, or ideas or feedback on something you didn't think of. And they can tell you, well, you know, if we do it this way or because I've had this experience or in my country, this works like this. And you're like, uh-huh, I didn't consider that. Right. Yes, maybe we could work on that. And that is the power. And that's why I'm so, so a, a big fan of diversity because mm -hmm. to me, the more diverse people are, the, the stronger the team is because you're bringing all these different aspects of men, women, uh, as I say, people from different countries, different cultures, different abilities as well. Yes. There are things you, you just don't think of as a leader because nobody knows everything on, on the oh. planet Earth. And so there is always something you don't know. And by really keeping an open mind, by really taking the time to understand, to listen to your team, to accept feedback, not as a criticism, but like, mm -hmm, maybe, yes, you, you may have a point or, oh, I learned something today I didn't know. This is how you, you can put your, your vision into, uh, into, that's how your vision becomes reality because mm -hmm. you've put all these little things together. And as you say, you are bringing the team together. And that when also every team member sees that their feedback and their opinions are being valued, respected and um, embraced, that's how people are even more motivated to work together to achieve goals. Yeah. See, yeah. just what you were doing with your hands there. I always say, take your fingers and fingers across each other, unlock. Yeah. Now yes. try pulling it apart. Exactly. Right? You know, it's everybody there as yep. teamwork. It, they've locked it in and they're working cohesively exactly. and there's strength in that. Yes. Um, you know, I'm a true colors coach, the four key personality traits that we have. And I think that in every team, you must make sure that there is each one of those personality traits because, oh, I see it this way. Yeah, I see it that way. But have you considered this? And we need the person who sees it at the root level. We need the person who can see it at the blueprint level. We need the person who can see whom it serves. The person who knows how to generate. You need all of those people to lock those fingers together to create that solid team. And then everybody's got everybody's back. Exactly. 
Exactly. No, and, and especially if your company is serving different types of people, yeah. you need to make sure that your team is representing all your yes. different type of people. If you would only have, let's say, only uh, men working in your team and your customers are also women, well, you're missing... You're <laughs> That's missing government, darling. That's government. <laughs> I know, I know. And everywhere is the same. But you, you need to bring that aspect. If you have people only from one country and then you're, you're, you're working now globally, well, customers react differently yes. in different countries. So you also need to to bring this aspect so that's why I, I love what you what you did it's true once the the team yes. has been put together it's so 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 hard to to break it because they they really are just one they really right make that right they, they become that cohesive fluid oh, exactly. movement of support and and creativity and and that is you know a, a good leader makes leaders and and other things now yes. they may be the conductor of the orchestra but all of these people that are here are the orchestra players and, okay. you know, one time there might be a violinist soloist, another time a piano. And that means everybody gets their voice, right? And you're not always going to go with that person's idea this time. But next time it might be the idea to go with. And so the, you take away the competitiveness and the comparison. And instead it becomes more of a cohesive collaboration of creativity. And who loses on that? Nobody. Exactly. There is no way you can lose. Not true. Very true. Yeah. But it's to getting people there, right? Because we are looking at different system right now. You know, um, yes. I've interviewed an awful lot of business people and many from Europe. And, you know, I love the way they're looking at it now. It's changing the governments. It's changing industry and corporations to people, planet before profit. And that realizing your people and your resources from the planet, you invest in them. It will create the profit. Right? And the more abundant this team is in feeling its worthiness and, and, and that it's there, uh, you know, it has a home, has a family, the more that they're going to create together, then okay. more profit. But we've got to get out of the profit at the expense of people because we, we can see that that's not working. <laughs> Only yeah. with the 1%. Yeah. Uh, have you found that to, uh, in your business or, you know, as an international coach as well, that that perception is having to change in industry? I think people are starting to realize it. I hope it's, it is going to stay in, the, in that direction. And especially as well now with the, with the lockdown that we've just had, people had to stay home. And what was uh, the link was disconnection. Yeah. You cannot, as a manager, and I think some managers who, are, who were micromanaging must have had a challenging time yes. because they could not check what their employees were doing <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was a lesson for there as well to see that hey the work can still be done even if I'm not behind my employees back and I have to trust them as well I have to, yeah. to to really believe in them that if I give them direction if I tell them okay this needs to happen by then that they will continue to do the work so I think it has been a in a way a good way for for people to show that they can work without having someone behind their back all the time and the managers as well could see that they didn't have to be behind their employees back and what was saying is like what we're having now Sarah we're in two mm -hmm. different continents yes but the 
video calls, they are so, so, so important. And when I was uh, working in the big organization and my last team, they were in Amazon, I was having always uh, video calls with my team members because they were located everywhere, uh, right. pretty much in Europe and also in, in, in Costa Rica and, and Morocco. But this connection is so important because people see that you care, even if mm. it's just five minutes to ask them, how are you? Do you need anything from, uh, from me? Is there, do you need help? Uh, are you okay? Are you, are you going to achieve the goal? If they just see that you're taking your time yes. to ask them this question, they will say, yes, I have someone who cares about me and who really is trying his or her best to, to help me do my job. And that's how people are even more committed. And as you said, this is how they yeah. start to be yeah. like that. So I think this connection, that is the, the strong thing. And that's back to your previous point. That will be always the difference between AI and, and human yeah. is that there is only us who can have this connection. Yes, maybe uh, um, AI can do all these type of Excel sheets and, and do pro deliver projects, etc. But the, 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 the connection aspect, we've now all realized how important it is and we cannot do without. Yeah. You know, um, money was always an exchange, yeah. right? Services, products, it was an exchange. And the, the people that were in power wasn't based on their money. It was based on their position in life, you know, yeah. far as kings and, and yeah. lords and masters and all of that. But somewhere along the line, money became the God. Yeah. Right. And it, when we've realized that money is purely the commodity, you know, the exchange for services, exchange for products, it doesn't define you, doesn't refine you. The more you have, the more responsibility you have over it. And the more consciously you should be sharing it in order to seed opportunities for other people. But it became people's worth. I have to think, oh, I have this, I have that. I have this in the bank. Look how important I am. Uh, I don't see that importance. I don't care what's in your bank. I see where is the generous heart? Where is the authentic character? Where is the person that is about community? And we're, just as we are shifting our look at the, the grocery store workers, the, you know, the uh, garbage people, et cetera, and, and appreciating them more during COVID, I think we're also shifting our value yes. on what is important. And that, yes, money is important. It's the, it's the fuel in the tank, right? It, uh, but we're turning electric, which means the sun can power us. <laughs> but the point is, is that using the AI, like we are right now on Zoom, the, you know, the, the computer, by using this along with our human abilities, we have to realize this is also a tool exactly. given to us to empower us to reach more people. It, even, I mean, people don't think this is intimate. I think it is. I think it sometimes is even more intimate than when you're sitting with someone, sure. right? And when we're looking at all of the TV shows now that used to be, you know, sitting on the couch or on the table, they're all doing Zoom things now and from people's homes. And we're seeing people be more real and be more yeah. themselves instead of I'm at the office, you know, I'm at desk and I'm watching everybody else and there's a bit of tension. You know, I'm in my kitchen now. The kids are running around. That's fine. Let's have a meeting. You know, it's it just that reality. We're looking for that, aren't we? We're looking for that sense of reality and not this status quo that we've been told we have to follow because it's a facade exactly. we don't want that we want real yeah exactly not fully agree, fully agree. 
getting there. That's the issue. Yeah. Um, being willing. Um, do you primarily work with the managerial type people? Uh, yes, usually um, uh, younger professionals who are who want to grow in organization, who want to become directors, VP, CEOs, etc. So that's my main target audience. Yes, yes. And so, have you found, you know, maybe from when you first started out to now, the change in thinking, the change in delivery, the change of what is important? for somebody in that position now to what it was back in the day? Yeah, I think, as you said, and especially now with the lockdown, people realize that money is not everything mm -hmm. and uh, achieving results is good, but that's the how, how you yes. achieve the, the result that is different. And I know for myself, I've often t I was often told that I was um, soft, but not in the sense of uh, I let people walk on me, but mm -hmm. soft in the sense that I was caring about my team gentle, members. Yeah. Gentle, exactly. And often my colleagues even told me, I don't know how you're doing. You're always so gentle, but you always achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, as I said, because I had always told my team members, I said, listen, I don't want to micromanage. I want to empower you. I want to make sure you can do your job. I trust you. You, we need to trust each other. I'm there to help you just as much as you're there to help me. And I was really taking the time every time to have my regular one-on-ones every week and team meetings, etc., etc. And I was also telling them, I don't know everything. Please right. tell me if I'm wrong. Please tell me if you have some feedback, some more ideas, because I need you just as much as the next person in the team to make this work. And I think when people see that, then they are more committed. And one time as well, when I was working in the Netherlands, I was hired to set up a team in India. And I had some colleagues as well in the Netherlands who were from, from India. And at the beginning as well, I was telling them, because at least 10 years ago, um, when you were telling them to do certain things, they were saying yes all the time without daring to say no or asking right. questions. Oh, oh, like, what have you asked me to do? Exactly. <laughs> and I was telling them, please don't be afraid to say no to that you disagree. Don't be afraid to ask questions because... I'd rather us having a good discussion and that maybe you're going to also teach me some things because it was a new environment for me, rather than us just going blindly in one direction and in the end making mistakes. And till this day, like a few weeks ago, I still had someone from India reaching out to me and I told him, I said, oh my God, you're so nice. You never forget me. And he says, I can't forget you because you were so great. You were always taking care, good, good care of us. And you were always, you was always on our side and, and we've achieved results. So I think this is, this is now what people are realizing is that yes, of course, as a business, you're there to make money, to, to, to achieve your goals. But I think this, and I'm hoping that it will continue, that this human aspect will now go more, um, would be Rise more up. important for yeah. people, uh, especially as well with the millennials coming up. They want also um, the, the job more their way, like being more flexible, mm. having a more work-life balance. This is also something that as a leader, you need to take in consideration. Not everybody will want to work the same way. And again, by showing you're listening, you're trying to find yes. compromises, what works for them so that it works for you. That makes a team, a great team, because again, yeah. you are taking everything. You know whose other strength is. Exactly. So the person's got to say, well, you know, I don't know if I can do it. Let's try. And they find out they can. Okay. You know, maybe that's not your forte. You didn't mm -hmm. fail. 
Exactly. Right? You tried. It wasn't your strength, but it's George's strength over here. And George exactly. is doing it. So why are you going to give it to Julie when George is good at it? So exactly. sometimes you have to identify the strengths of the people and even bring them out that they don't even know they're there. And how do you do that? Inspiration begets invitation. And when you inspire them by believing in them and they think, well, she believes in me, I'll give it a try. Right? That's all you can ask of someone. Try. If you don't succeed in that area, that's fine. That's fine. We'll look for another area that really where your strength is at. But how do you know what people's strength is? It's not on a resume. I'm sorry. Nope. You know, it, it's, it's right in the action. Right? And, and knowing how a person is. And I think what we're seeing right now, the adaptability through COVID, of many people that work in offices or, you know, work for, you know, human to human and not through this medium, have been challenged and that they've now got to go to this medium and conduct meetings and, and you know, uh, reinvent themselves. And it's been a challenge for some people. And for some people, you know, I much prefer this. Can we keep on doing it? And I think we're also not going to see kind of quote the nine to five so much. No, nope. we're going to see, you know, people being able to work from home and work in the hours while the kids are at school. And exactly. And I also think we're going to see offices not being the fixed offices, but become shared office. I need to have a meeting with people. I'm going to rent an office. So we're seeing so many changes coming about and resistance is futile. Yeah. Go with the flow and discover where it's going and be part of the creativity. Exactly. No, fully agree. Fully agree. That, that kindness and consideration that you gave for each person to reveal themselves. That's right? so important. And that's the not dictate, leader, reveal. Exactly. Yeah. And as you say, as a leader, one of their key responsibilities is to identify the strengths of each of their team members. And as you say, to put them in the right role, because yes. you, have, you can have a brilliant person, but if the person is not doing a role or a job that he or she is good at, as you say, he will feel like a failure, he's not yeah. going to be motivated. While if you put or him motivated. in a job, exactly, he, will, he or she will thrive. And then you yes. will have the best of that person and the best for your team because each and every individual will do the job where they're best at and you will have, as I say, the, the best team you can have. Yes. Yeah, that's what it's about. You know, we're, that big C word of collaboration. You know, the cohesiveness of energy being shared between people. You know, the inspiration, inviting people to put forth their idea. No idea is bad. You yeah. put it on the table and you look at it. Can it work? Can we make it work? No, you know, great idea, but mm, won't fit in here. That doesn't mean you need to be embarrassed because you had that idea. You put an idea out there. Maybe that idea will come up in something else. Do you yeah, remember exactly. that idea you had on that project? You know, I think it would work here. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Nothing is a waste. I think for so long now we've seen, you know, the hierarchy, you know, the leaders, the CEOs or whatever, the managers, the directors, this and that, and then everybody else, the lowly, and the lowly kind of can't say anything. They've just got to listen to everyone else. And um, there hasn't been any invitation to participate. It was go and do what I tell you to do. And so where's the creativity? It's in just two or three people at the top. And you're losing all of that wonderful creative ability that are in other people that you are just dishing out rules and, and uh, roles to without inviting them to really be a part of it. Those days are gone. Yeah, no, exactly. I think it was Steve Jobs who said something like, why hire people, uh, smart people, if you tell them what to do? 
Yes. Yes. It's just like, what's the point? If yeah. you, you're hiring people who are very, very smart, and then if they cannot express their creativity and show where they're good at, then yeah. Then what's the point? Yeah. It's a waste of talent. Yeah. yeah. And how often do we see somebody with, you know, multiple degrees, but really don't have the creativity to express it because they haven't mm. tapped into the, you know, the soul, heart, intellect and other people that maybe haven't had those degrees, but are people that are just have the ability to see things. Yes. Right. And so do not discard them because they don't have the MBA, the BBA, the DDA mm. and all of that behind their name. Right. You know, yeah. it is about allowing, inviting, inspiring, you know, oh, yeah. giving them a platform to express themselves and my goodness what comes out yeah right no, you just never know That's never true. know and you know people like steve jobs and and uh, richard branson and a few others and um um elon musk you know they are always people in well what's possible yeah let's guess what, let's discover what's possible it, you know, if we go down that road and that's not possible, that's fine. But what do we learn that we could apply elsewhere and just change directions? And I think if you, if you live in what's possible, not what's possible, but what's possible, you know, <laughs> then, then you're always inviting your mind to be, to be working and you're allowing your spirit and your heart and your soul to be a part of that equation. Absolutely. Yeah. That's always says, always seeing the glass half full instead yeah. of half empty. Yeah. So well, you know, that half full of water is half full of air. It's always full. It's just a question yeah. of how we look at it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very excited about kind of the future that's being molded right now. And, you know, and it was being molded before COVID, but now COVID forcing people to be in isolation. Of course, you know, phase two is coming. It's going to be round two mm. of what, where we don't quite know how it's going to hit. One of my guests said it's going to hit the lymph glands, not the lungs this time. So it might even be harder to identify. But hopefully we've learned and we, we get active straight away so we don't have such a big pandemic. Yes. But I think we're going to see more and more business done online. Yeah. And it become more of a norm. And, uh, and then people have said to me, but then what about, you know, the human contact? You know, the chats around the water cooler and all of that. Um, that's when you go and make an effort to meet when everybody yeah. can go back out you know friday yeah. lunch everybody out let's just catch up physically yeah and or, or do something where you bring people together but but even online you can still do that and that's yes. one thing i was also suggesting i said of course you can have your one-on-one -on -one meeting and your team mm. meetings to discuss business stuff well, you can also say every morning at 10 for 10 minutes, we go on to a Zoom call and we talk about whatever we want except business. And then how, how was the yeah. weekend or you, you went to run yesterday or you went to dance or what did you do or whatever. This is just, again, it's not the same as drinking um, right. in a bar with someone, but at least there is this little something where you don't have to, work about, uh, to talk about work, but talk about anything else. Right. But, yeah. yeah. And the beauty on the Zoom meeting, hey, George, can I speak to you? afterwards you know and you stay on and you know that's the beauty of it it's just an adjustment yes. it's just an, it's it's a time to bring up those creative juices of how you can interact again you know my kids and i we use zoom and we paid uh you know played code games and pictionary by mouse is very interesting <laughs> and but just being able to interact with them and i think this yeah. is another blessing we have at this time is the fact we do have this technology Yes. And, oh, that, yes. and it has connected us. 
Um, so if people had just been completely and utterly isolated with none of this, then I think we would be seeing, you know, a lot more, a lot more sickness because, because it would converge into something else. But this is yeah. blessing. Oh yeah, I said, I can't remember to who I said that if we had that, that 20 years ago, 25 mm. years ago, we would only have had the phone basically. Yes. Oh, uh, and phone bills would have been exorbitant. <laughs> exactly. And as you say, you would have had many, many more people who would have gone into depression yes. or burnout or whatever. So yeah, in a way we are fortunate to yes. have this happen now uh, yeah. and not... Uh, yeah. and, and apparently Corona has been around, it comes around every few hundred years. It's been around right from the beginning yeah. and it's one of these ones that manifests itself in kind of different ways. And, uh, you know, pandemics happen and they've already happened quite a few times in the last hundred years. So exactly. it, this one just happened to be a global one. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, we're seeing a great deal um, in North America here about Black Lives Matter. And then we have the Me Too movement. And then we've got the COVID, you know, people fighting that it's fake news and, you know, and other people saying you're putting people at risk. And I've got a saying that the universe is here to shake us up, to wake us up, for us to step up and change it up. And I think that's in every aspect of our lives. Yeah. And the shake it up and the step up, you know, is happening in business. You know, we can't do business as normal. Um, you could still be just as an effective manager and leader this m m way as you can actually being there. And, uh, you know, we, it is an invitation for us to reflect on ourselves and where we want to go. And maybe, you know, I'm tired of being a manager. I'm really a leader at heart, you know, and I want to really step up there. Uh, how yeah. am I going to voice myself on well, the next Zoom call? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it, it is let's look at it as a time of in our readjustment as creative yeah absolutely yeah now that was a unique a unique opportunity for many of us uh, even if it was not the nicest time because again some yeah. people were really isolated so it was not fun and some families as well who had to juggle between taking care of the children and their work and yeah. uh, and home and cooking and cleaning etc so it was not easy uh, for everybody so i think this is this really provided us an opportunity to reflect and to really see what was important and how as you say we can be creative and continue uh, doing our work or even become a better version of ourselves uh, yeah. in different ways, many ways, uh, as many as possible. Yeah. I don't think we're going to encourage people with just the regular cold and flu to come to work anymore. No. No. Oh God, no cold and flu. You stay home. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I think we, you know, suddenly where, where we shouldn't need to tell people this, but suddenly people have got to the importance of washing their hands, you know, and <laughs> keeping out of people's space and, you know, it's a lot of everything is common sense, but we get caught up in an old rut just because it's a rut. It's an old program. And then we, you know, it's times like this that we look at it and go, you know, that program doesn't work anymore. We have yeah. to rewrite it. Yeah. And that positive attitude, that gentle attitude, that um, not pushing people, but showing people how much more they can be is a gift. And so it makes you a great coach because of that. Yeah, yeah, true. So um, where do you work? Um, you know, now you're online. I mean, are you in different countries with all your coaching? Or, you know, um, what is, um, what's your I'm demographics? 
Yeah, so I'm ba mostly based in Luxembourg. However, I have clients from all over the world. I've, uh, I've, I do like Zoom calls mm -hmm. like that uh, whenever it's, uh, it's possible. So uh, as I say, my home base is Luxembourg. Uh, I'm doing online at the moment. Whenever we can travel and someone needs me in the US, in Singapore, wherever I'm ready to go. Right. Uh, I'm very, very flexible. But uh, yeah, at the moment, so it's uh, mainly online. Yeah. Right. And, that, and you know, that um, breaks down borders. You know, it's, uh, you know, oh, God, you've got to get a flight to go to so-and-so to do a meeting. Well, <laughs> you know, all you need to do is sit here and, and there you go. And yeah. the beauty of it is you can record it so people can go back and, and review it. Exactly. Oh, catch what they said at, at this part. You know, now you've got the meeting there. You can record it and go yeah. back and, you know, listen to it again and, and absorb it in a different way. So lots of benefits to it. Yeah, no, and as you said, it forces you to be creative as well. Yeah. There are things you were doing uh, on site, like a, a silly example, like using post-its and putting them on the wall. Well, obviously, it's difficult to do like that in Zoom, so you have to find other ways. Okay, do I do another activity or how do I do this post-it? So it forces us as well as coaches to, yes. to go outside of our comfort zone and try different things. And that's great because otherwise, if we had not been forced into the situation, we would also not right. have... Well, the beauty of this is you can share documents on Zoom. Exactly. You've got a whiteboard where you can write things. You know, there's exactly. a lot of gadgets on here that, exactly. one, can, that one can use, which is great. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Zoom nearly dropped because there's so many people going on yeah. it. But, you know, for them, it's become, oh, well, people need this, people need that. We'll give it yeah. to them. So yeah. Yeah. Um, not everybody is designed to be the manager or the leader. Mm -hmm. because, you know, they don't either want the responsibility or, you know, it is very much based on, on you know, almost public relations, you know, knowing people and how to work with people. Some people just simply want to um, stay in their zone. You know, this is what they're good at. But it's still good for them to learn how a manager and a leader works because it teaches them how to better listen and deliver. So, you know, I think both sides of the coin is good for managers and leaders to listen to, you know, the everyday people, workmen, and the workmen to understand how they work so they know how to deliver. So there isn't a divide of manager-leader. You know, it, it's about everybody understanding what everybody's role is and how we can interact with each other. Absolutely. I, I always say anyway, we are all leaders in a way. Yes. Even if it's not at work, at home, maybe you have children. Well, for your children, you are a leader because mm. they look up to you. You are a role model. They like what you're doing, etc. Or maybe for your brother or sister, you're a leader because you're a great cook or you're great at something that they are not. Your neighbors, maybe they look at you because you, you have a great garden or whatever. So we are all a leader, even if we don't know it. So it's not only at work where, as you say, you can become a manager leader. But in one way or the other, we are all leaders. And sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't. But there is always someone looking up to us yes. for one, one reason. Yes. Don't forget you're a leader in your own life. Exactly. There's no, you don't want anybody managing you. No. Right? No. You're the leader. Yes. So even if you don't want to be a leader in your work per se, learn to be a leader in your own life. Yep. 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 Be your own leader. Yep. Absolutely. That's when you actually really know your strengths, your abilities and your gifts, and you know what to bring to the table of life, whether it's at work, whether it's socially, whether it's family. You know, I, you know, this, this is, I'm good in this song. I, I can, I can step up there. This is me, you know, and 
that I think is something very, very important. You know, I think people in business, I mean, a neurosurgeon, I want them to have a degree. <laughs> you know, I want them to know what they're doing, but I also want them to be instinctual uh, and, and intuitive because even though they may have learned everything, they're always going to come into something that they've not come across before. Yeah. And uh, that is where that intuitive knowledge will guide them through. So it's again back to the intellect and the heart and soul intellect really has to merge as one in yourself for you to bring your whole self to the table. But, yeah. you know, taking a course with you on, you know, managers into leaders, I think it's still a very good course for someone to take who doesn't particularly want that role in the company, but just to understand what that role is that so they know very how to point. interact. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because also what I'm what I'm teaching or training or coaching on is how to communicate as mm -hmm. well, how to be more confident. And as you say, it starts with yourself. Yes. You, you need to, to, if you express confidence, if you're in confidence in yourself, and in our head, we all have our little doubts. And the yes, yes. Yeah, the bad is. Exactly. <laughs> oh, who are you and who do you think you are, etc. Yeah. So we all have this, but still at some point you need to, to, to stand your ground and say, yes, I can do this. Yes, I believe in myself. And then how you communicate communicate with people if you're always arrogant and saying no it's my way of the highway yeah. people will not respect you people will not want to work no. with you or, or, or uh, give you a project or whatever so it's all about communicating uh, respecting others embracing diversity etc and all these things as you rightly said they are not just necessarily for people mm -hmm. who want to become a manager or a leader they are also for everybody who just wants to become a better version of, of themselves yeah. yes and, you know, even though there might be a quote, somebody who's got the managerial um, uh, label, you know, in a project, especially if this is your forte, at some point, you're going to be the manager of it to yeah. know what's expected of you, or you're going to be the leader in that because it was your idea. So know yeah. how to deliver that. So okay. I think it's something where it doesn't matter where, if you want to reach those other heights or not, it's still something that you should understand in yourself Absolutely. because there's always going to be something for you to manage there's always going to be some leadership you have to do and you need yeah. to know those zones as well in order to be very good in your own. Yeah. Yeah. And also some people may, as you say, may not think, Oh, I want to be a manager. And, a yeah. leader. and once they are given the opportunity, yes. they will say, Oh my God, actually, I like it. Yes, and I didn't know I could do this like the exactly, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, and as you say, as we said at the beginning, you have nothing to lose. You either win or you learn, but you never fail because no. there's always no, I mean, the, the only um, people that fail are those that, uh, that never attempt to try. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, it's like choices, you know, not making a choice is a choice. Yes. And, you know, so it's, uh, you don't know. I mean, for me, I've been doing this eight years now, seven years of my own network. Did I know what I was doing when I started it? Seven years ago? No. You know, it was like Braille going by blind, you know. <laughs> And I've evolved quite a bit from then. And uh, you, that's what life is about. Do not go in expecting to know it all, no. but know your fundamentals and know how to open up and be aware yes. and when to step up and, uh, and to know that you've got the tools and the skills that when you need to step up, they're there. Yeah, no, very true. And I would add another one, know your values as well. Oh, yeah. I think that is so important because yes. people are so, we are so used to get up, go to work and then come back home or at least majority of people. And then sometimes you just are in a company or doing a job. And when you step back, you think, 
I actually don't like that. I yes. For that reason. But when you're really true to you, when you know your values and you're true to your values, then after you, you've got this relief because you know that, okay, I need to change job or I need to change company or I need to do something else because yes. then you are true to yourself and then you become grateful of what you have. Then you become happier what you have. And, and as you say again at the beginning, yeah. everything becomes aligned. Yeah, aligned. Yeah. Yes. You know, that salsa flow starts flowing in you, right? <laughs> Exactly. But you, you also bring a better version of yourself to every aspect of your life. Yes. Now, how can you share abundance if it's not within you? You know, build yourself to be abundant because your cup will run off over. And, you know, uh, people say, well, what do you do for work? I say, quote, I really don't work. I, I do what I love doing. And it is yeah. me that I'm sharing. Uh, and I'm Sarah on here and off here. So... Yeah. And although there are certain aspects of it that are definitely work, right? The other is, is pure pleasure because I love doing it. We all want to get into that position in a job in our lives where we feel this doesn't feel like work. This is an extension of myself that I love to share. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because um, when I stopped working in the corporate world and decided to start on my own, since then, I sometimes don't notice it's the weekend because, yes. <laughs> because I'm, I'm just like, to me, I don't, whether no. it's Monday or Saturday, to me, it's the same because I love what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's just like, so when people tell me, oh, you're working this weekend? I'm like, oh, is that weekend? I don't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. because, you know, basically you, you, you've got to where you're at and uh, you know, that beacon of light now is just being shared amongst other people. And what people don't realize is the more you share of yourself and the more that other people get the light within them, the more it reflects back on you. We yeah. constantly rejuvenate, you know, yeah. and that sharing is receiving and that it's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful feeling when you find that. And, you know, to find that you've got to be willing to take the journey, which means explore. Yeah. And if you are in the world where, you know, there are managers and leaders in your company and you I don't know if you don't want to, if you are capable of being one or you just want to understand better what, uh, what they want from you so that you could be a better employee, then this is the time to go and discover. So how do you do your, is it a workshop? Is it one-on-one? -on -one? How do you do it, work it? Um, I can do both, but it's usually workshops. Um, it can be, uh, if it's on-site, it was just a full day, for instance. But otherwise, um, uh, I can also do that online, like the different sessions uh, per week, one hour per week, uh, where we, we discuss things, we, we are um, doing some activities, etc. And again, one-on-one, -on -one, then it's, it's the same, but then obviously a bit more in-depth in because we right. have more time. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. So I think that everybody in any company should always have somebody go through some form of training when they join because, yes. you know, you, oh, I've just got this great job, but are you, the, you know, um, are you the apple and the bananas? You know, do you really fit? Have you just gone after the job, the title and this, and that? Because we know in business when people work cohesively together, everybody benefits. But if you've got one person is off sync and can't join that, it could be a detriment. So, you know, it's like you, oh, I've got this great job. Then you get there and you go, oh God, I hate this. 
And that's most of the time it's because you don't feel connected because you don't know how to connect. Exactly. And, and as you say, even if you hire someone who is a specialist in an yeah. area, you shouldn't assume that this person from day one will be able to do that because they need, it's a new organization, new people, new systems, new procedures, new everything. And that also takes time to learn the culture, to learn how people are communicating with each other, are interacting with each other. Yeah. And as you say, training like that at the beginning can be very helpful because in a way, maybe some manager will think, well, I'm wasting a week or two weeks of training, but then this is really an investment because after yeah. this person is ready to go and, and, and use his or her skills to the maximum because he, he or she not only has the, the knowledge that he needs for the job, but he also has the knowledge about this new environment. Right. And it's also a way to find out whether it is for people or not. You know, I've done this training for two weeks. I really just don't feel a synergy here. Exactly. All right. It's not a waste because no. if that person had gone into work and, and not given their all, that would have been the waste because they're not producing. So yeah. <clears throat> it is important that we really do give people the time to reveal themselves. Yeah. But it's also that time to discover something about themselves during that process. Yeah. So we have to stop looking at things being on one instant. And, you know, take the time to invest, the time to get to know, the time to nurture and bring that flower out in people. Because if we do, we're going to have a Garden of Eden. Yeah. And we start picking apples and all cause the problem all over again. <laughs> oh, why not? Oh, so how do people get hold of you, Lev? Um, they want to join you know, a workshop or one-on-one? Sure. So they can contact me via LinkedIn, obviously, via my name or uh, on my website. My website is um, https uh, vlv.coach. So my initials vlv.coach. Or they can also send me a mail directly at virginie at vlv.coach. So v-i-r-g-i-n-i-e at vlv.coach. And it's Virginia. L-E-M-A-Y, so when you're up there on yes. LinkedIn and everything, you know the name. And um, I, I'm, I'm very excited about the changes that are going on in that, you know, we're always going to, out of disruption and chaos comes creativity and, and structure. And I'm very interested right now globally to see the next phase because it is about, you know, the stepping up and, and all the changes going up. and um, you know, that is the way we work in companies, uh, certain policies in companies, you know, of, of decorum, you know, the old Me Too movement and everything else. And, and it's time for us to hear all the voices, you know, not just those high one tone voices all the time. In an orchestra, everybody's music must come to, come to yeah. play. Uh, and otherwise, we're, we're missing out on the gifts that are there. So it's a great time to restructure and to relook at it and, and invest in people because when you do, not only you're giving them abilities, but you're also creating loyalty. Yeah, yeah. And if people invest in themselves, yes, this is something they will never lose. Right. The, the knowledge the knowledge they're gonna gain and the knowledge it can be something new that they're gonna learn or something about themselves, but they will whatever happens, they will never, never lose it. They will gain it forever. Exactly. And, and it will go anywhere that they want to go. Yeah. Anywhere. And, you know, that's the thing is in life is that please don't sell yourself short. Don't just settle. You know, the, 
the more we're willing to learn, the more we're in discovery, the more we're willing to explore. You know, the, we, we also have got, you know, I'm 65, so we've got so many people of my age group going into a different life, going into a different business, doing something we love to do. You know, it isn't about the rocking chair. No. Or out there playing golf. It's about, okay, now I can actually choose what I really want to do. <laughs> and, and, you know, I've interviewed people, 86 that are still out there. And, 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 to, and, and to your point, it's, I, I see, uh, sorry to interrupt, I see so many young people who want to be an entrepreneur. And, and I'm just saying, you don't have to be an entrepreneur before 25 or 30. Right. Everybody has their own timing. As you right. said, I also started like in my 40s. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just like some people will start when they're 20s, some when they're 40s, some when they're 60s, and when 80s. Mm -hmm. Not matter. We all have our own timing, and I really believe that things happen for a reason. Yes. And and one time someone asked me as well, a young lady. She asked me, "Yeah, but don't you feel it's a bit late?" And I was like, "No, because if I had started earlier, I would not have had all these experience I've had exactly. with Amazon and with the people I yeah. work in India. So I'm glad I had this experience. Right. So people should really think like, whatever happens, happen as long as you keep on learning, keep on improving yourself, and your timing will come whenever it comes. That's it. Exactly. And so many people I've interviewed that have been in the corporate world, and they had a desire as a child and an ability as a child, and they suppressed it when they got the job. And they reached the top of their job, six-figure income. And they go, you know, the, the inner child is saying, you know, calling me. I, I've got all of this, but I just don't feel connected. And they literally walk away and then reinvent themselves from that child up again and the ability. Are they earning as much money? No, but they're more enriched and they're more abundant. Happier. And they're so much happier for doing what they're doing. But all that they learned before has now become that platform and that base in order to produce what they're doing next it doesn't matter yeah. if they you know i've had people who've been in advertising and then became children's novelist books well the structure she learned in advertising and all the ability that's the reason why all her books are out there right so nothing is a waste but please don't waste your time being at something you're unhappy at don't wait for the cosmic two by four the car accident or anything else you know it is you, you feel it in your bones and you go, okay, what can I do to change? And maybe just taking a course with you to understand, you know, how to be that leader in your own life or managerial, it could give you some light bulbs in your own mind. And that's sometimes what we need. You know, we need to reach out to other people to, to kind of help shift our perspective when we feel stuck in the mud. Absolutely. Very true. So it's vlvcoaching.com. No, vlv.coach. Dot coach. Vlv.coach, okay. Yeah. Work one-on-one, working groups. Uh, I think the benefit of working in groups is you get to know other people and you build yes. up a, a camaraderie, which is nice, and you learn from each other. But yeah. maybe you want to start off one-on-one -on -one until your confidence is built up, you know, and one doesn't know if you're going to be of service to them until they reach out to you and have a chat. Yeah right exactly yes they are free to go to contact me i'm happy to have a quick conversation with them via zoom or yes. skype or whatever whatsapp <laughs> yeah. whatever and then uh, we can take things from there yeah yes. and then see if there is that synergy and that fit exactly. is then yes. just oh, yes. show them another another area in life where they're going exactly. and we've just got to be willing willing to step out of our comfort zone or our fear zone or our rut 
and go, you know, there is more to life. I'm not feeling I'm participating in my life and I really need to reach out because there's surely the more I can do, there's more I can be. Right? The willingness to do it. Well, um, I hope you get back to your salsa soon. I assume that you must be doing it in your bedroom at least. Still practicing some moves, yes. <laughs> yes, you've got to keep that flow going. And, you know, we never know what our dance of life is until, you know, we're willing to explore. Uh, the exploration of life will lead you to where you're meant to be to do what you were designed to do and love doing it. And so sometimes we've got to get out of our, you know, dictatorial way and, you know, oh, I must be doing this by this age and I must be doing that by then. You know, I'm sorry, no. Those time zones are gone now. Those barren barriers are gone now. It's all a question of participation. Right? Absolutely. Interact, participate, explore, and discover. Yes, be willing to take the first step. Yes, if that's all it takes, the first step, then you notice that your second leg wants to move forward as well. And next thing you know, there's quite a number of steps you've taken and you're in the salsa. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't know it until you try it. And that's the whole point of life, isn't it? Thank you so much for sharing with me here today. And I'm glad you took your redirect and discovered the salsa of life because obviously you bring that dance into your life as well. And... uh, And that gentleness, you know, there's a lot of people who come from corporate and it's all about push, 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 goals, this, that, et cetera. And I always feel that puts a blockage in people instead of bringing people out, you know, in their own light, in their own, you know, gently kind of like squeezing that light out of them for them to see for themselves. We can't be bullied into anything. We need to be nurtured. Very well said. Thank you for having me, Sarah. It was great. My pleasure, my pleasure. So folks, you don't know where you're at right now. Maybe you want to change directions. You know, is the managerial in you? Is there a leader in you? Um, Do you have particular managers and leaders in your own company that you're really not quite sure what they want from you? This is a course for you where you can actually discover something about yourself, discover about management and about leadership, and you don't know where it's going to take you, but it's damn good knowledge to have in your repertoire. So until next time, folks, Take care of yourself. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.